Let's look ahead to Monday, Martin Luther King Day in the NBA. 11 games on, early start, games spread all throughout the day. Let's look at streaming options, injury updates, all of that stuff, along with Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and have strange things happened? Are you going around the twist? I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. Use the code locked on to get 20 bucks off your order. That is J A S E medical.com. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Subscribe, thumbs, bells, comments, double bang, bang, bang. You know how to do it. Guys, we are here to look at Martin Luther King Day in the NBA. There are the 11 games on, as I said. The first game starts early at 1 p.m. Eastern. That is 5 a.m. for those of you here in Australia on the East Coast with daylight savings time, like me, Melbourne time. Um, So get your lineups in early. And if it's a weekly league lock, very, very important you get those done. Because if you miss it, you're cooked. And I better make sure I set mine um, because I've got my one weekly league that I'd need to uh, start to pay attention. Well, not start to pay attention, that I need to make sure I get the lineup set for. Let's look at some injuries that we've got. Um, news there. Tari Eason's going to be out. Kate Cunningham is going to be out for the Detroit Pistons. Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Livers, Danilo Gallinari, and the Moose Mike Mascala are all not going to play. Interestingly, the Pistons play the Wizards on Monday. And they just made a trade with each other. And none of those players are going to play in that trade. So both teams are going to be down two players. Uh, Muscala and Gallinari usually don't play in the same game together. Bagley was out of the rotation anyway. So the only real impact there is there's one rotation guy missing the backup sort of center spot. So I guess Anthony Gill gets it in Washington. And then the Isaiah Livers minutes, which will, I I guess, a little bit more into Kevin Knox. Maybe Asar Thompson. But with Isaiah Stewart back, it's not really that big of a deal. I had Franz Wagner there expected to be out. He is officially out. Uh, Gary Harris is officially out as well. DeAndre Hunter is also officially out. Moses Moody is out. Desmond Bain. I'm guessing Desmond Bain is out. I don't believe that I've got an official update on that yet. No, we haven't got the Grizzlies injury report coming through, but I do expect that he is going to be out. Derek Rose is going to be out. Darius Garland will be out. His return may be coming this week. Ben Simmons, I mean, whatever. Maybe, who knows? Someone, people still ask me, hey, what do I do with Simmons? I should I still hold him? Bro, you are two and a half months behind. You would you drop Ben Simmons like this should have happened months ago. Months. I don't, I don't know why people are still holding him. Joel Embiid is questionable. Rob Covington is questionable. Kelly Oubre is questionable. This is a uh, back-to-back for the Sixers. They've got two back-to-backs this week, Monday, Tuesday, and then I think it's Friday, Saturday. So I would expect that Embiid plays like maximum three games, most likely two. So just be aware of that. But we just don't know whether he's going to play on that Monday game. Doncic and Lively, we haven't got the Mavericks um, injury report come through yet. They both, Lively's been out for obviously this period of a week plus with that uh, that second ankle injury. So we don't exactly know when he is returning. Uh, Doncic has missed a couple here, which is 
not ideal. We hope that he is back soon, but at the moment, we're going to list them questionable. And this, I, I forgot, I haven't put the bloody screen across. Um, I apologize. Let's do it. Embiid, questionable. Covington, questionable. Ubre, questionable. Doncic, questionable. Lively, I think, is questionable. Dante Exum, questionable. But we don't have that Mavericks injury report just yet. Boyan Bogdanovic is officially questionable for the Pistons. We don't have the Knicks injury report, but Brunson missed the last game. I think he probably leans more towards probable, but if he's out, we saw Juice McBride uh, and Dante DiVincenzo have some really strong games. Um, Wendell Carter is officially questionable for the Magic. His presence or absence impacts Goga and Mo Wagner, obviously. Doug McDermott is questionable. Not even a guarantee he's in the rotation. And then probably the big ones that we don't know are going to be Santi Aldama and Jaron Jackson, along with Desmond Bain, who I do expect to be out. But Santi and Jaron, I think Jaron plays. Aldama, I'm not so sure about. And then if Jaron does play, then how does that impact Roddy or Gigi or Xavier Tillman even and how they run those rotations? But at the moment, we don't have that update yet on um, Memphis. Pat Williams missed the last game for Chicago. You saw in his absence, Ayodosumu played a lot more, so just watch that. He's officially questionable. Max Struess hurt his knee over in France with some knee soreness. He only played like seven minutes. I'd expect him to be okay, but we haven't heard. Jimmy Butler, I'm listing him questionable. He missed the game on Sunday, or he's missing the game that's being played on Sunday. So the word was that he was likely going to play in one of those games, so I expect that he plays. And Kevin Love is also sitting on Monday. I would say that's a back-to-back rest scenario for Love. So I think both Butler and Love should be treated as likely to play on Monday. Jalen Brown popped up on the injury report as questionable. That's something to pay attention to. He's got a knee issue. We know they've been randomly resting a bunch of guys, and Brown really hasn't been one of those players. So if he is out, it'll just mean more Al Horford and a little bit more Peyton Pritchard there. Aaron Neesmith is out on Sunday. So I'm going to preemptively list him questionable for Monday. I think that's a fair way of doing it. He hasn't been ruled out for Monday's game yet. LeBron missed the last game for the Lakers. Um, So I'm going to put him questionable. Cam Reddish left for about the 20th time in a row during the game and never returned. Well, like, let's be honest, like Reddish shouldn't really be in the rotation anyway. Um, Shea Goodis-Alexander popped up with a shoulder issue. If he is out, that's more for Giddy, more for Dort. I would imagine that Kaysen Wallace starts. He's not really much of an option, but there's a little bit of extra there for Isaiah Joe in that scenario. Ayodosumu is listed probable for the Bulls, but his value is really only there if Pat Williams is out, for example. We saw those minutes push up with Caruso, Levine, White all playing. It is hard for Dosumu to be worthy enough. He's usually a pretty poor permanent player. I'm going to just go ahead and preemptively say that Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Trey Murphy, and Zion Williamson are all going to play. They obviously sat that game on the weekend as a back-to-back. We talked about them all being listed questionable, saying I thought they'd split it up, but they're all going to play only one game, and then they all just played on Friday and sat on Saturday. They're all going to be back. Markel Fultz is available. Joe Ingles is available. They sat out the last game for rest. The report coming today from Mark Stein that Fultz is available for trade. That's not a huge surprise with Suggs and Anthony and Mr. Black there as well. So expiring contract, knee problems. We'll see if that means anything. Um, Joe Ingles rested. He'll be back. Steph Curry rested last game. He'll be back. And Draymond Green is back. He's ready to play. He'll play on Monday against the Grizzlies, meaning that Warriors rotation is an absolute disaster. We don't know what's going to happen with him, with Sharich, with Jackson Davis, with Looney. With Pajemski, with Kaminga, there's just so many guys that can be all over the place. Somebody is going to miss out somewhere, and I just don't know. I would expect they bring Draymond off the bench, but who knows? It's, yeah, he's back though. He's back. Um, And that's where we're at with injury updates. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace Case Pharmacies. 
to be stuck with stuff. I used to obviously work in a pharmacy and even back when I used to work in a pharmacy, medication supply and chain uh, supply chain issues were a problem even back then. It's way worse now. And there are so many situations where important medications, antibiotics like amoxicillin can be hard to get. So what the Jace case does is provides you five essential antibiotics that you can have at home to treat things like sinusitis, respiratory tract infections, urinary tract infections, sexually transmitted infections, skin infections. But having that at home can give you that peace of mind in case you get to a scenario where you can't actually get the medications that you need. You go to jacemedical.com, you complete your physician encounter, it gets reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications get dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the cost. Go to jacemedical.com, use the offer code locked on, and you can get $20 off your purchase. Okay, so let's look in here at the stream of the day now for the games on Monday. We are just going to keep telling you that Timothy John McConnell needs to be rostered. And I had this yesterday talking about this and people were like, yeah, I was debating. Do I go and add TJ? But then you said that he must be rostered. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? You Stop waiting for TJ McConnell. I don't have any idea what anybody's doing waiting. This is a must roster play. I will stress this again. If TJ McConnell is on your wire, please add him. I don't know what we're doing here. And, and I thought maybe it was just a bunch of casual leagues or inactive leagues. It was people who were watching this show who said, oh, I, was, I was on the fence. But then you said, yes, like, come on, let's go. Let's add him. 12 team, I'm going to go with Caruso. 14 team, I'm going to go with Nempard. He's going to continue to start. He won't be a 35-minute player. He won't be Tyrus Halliburton, but getting some assists, some steals, sometimes scoring, some threes, there's enough there. And in a 14 teamer, you're not really finding that sort of player around very often. In a 16 teamer, I'll go with Jacob Gilead. He's basically available everywhere. He's going to have to start. If Bain plays, that reduces Gilead back down. And he might have five points, but he might have eight assists with a steal. And in a 16 teamer, where the hell are you finding that number? You're not. For Yahoo points and ESPN points, I am going to go with the cashier, Xavier Tillman, who's totally fine for a 12-team stream here, even a 10-team stream. He probably should just be rostered in all leagues at this point as well, but he pops up as the top points league stream. He was obviously awesome last game with the six deals. It is worth remembering that both Jaron and Santi Aldama did not play, and if they do play, then the overall ceiling value for Tillman gets limited somewhat because you'll have Jaron playing at center, you'll have Santi playing at the four, which will reduce a little bit there of what Tillman can do. Still good, but not quite as good. If we're going to have a look at what we're looking at on my radar, first game is the early one. So we've got to get our roster set for Houston and Philadelphia. Cam Whitmore has been really strong apart from one game. With Tari Eason likely out again, Whitmore did benefit last game absolutely from playing in garbage time, and maybe there's garbage time here, I don't know, but we just want to see what Whitmore's role continues to be. Um, it was great that he did that with Dylan Brooks back, and we'll see how they utilize him. Well, for the Sixers, it's been really rough for DeAnthony Melton. I'm guessing it's his back, but maybe it isn't. So let's see what his role is. If he's continued to be a low 20 minutes guy, and I'd, I'd probably need to see that for two weeks before I consider that that's a role versus an injury thing, but let's see how they utilize him, at least so that if he plays 30, we can feel better about it. Um, in terms of streams, Dylan Brooks is the guy that I'm looking at there on Houston. And then for Philadelphia, we are going to go with um, Nick Batum, who's just a deeper league player, obviously, but he just does little things. Six and six and four and a steal and a block and all that sort of stuff can obviously be um, really useful. The next game is the Pelicans and the Mavericks. I am expecting the Pelicans. They played each other on Saturday, obviously, with everyone out. The Pelicans, I expect everyone back. I don't know whether Exum, Lively, and Doncic are going to play for Dallas. Valanchunas in his minutes is the thing we want to watch. How does it split between him and Nance? It does feel like the 30-minute Valanchunas is done. It's cooked. It's not coming back unless Nance gets hurt. He's a 25, 26-minute-a-night player now. It's still good enough to be rostered, and I think Nance is probably pushing into that zone as well, but how they utilize him just to get an extra confirmation here. Well, for the Mavericks, this is your best player in 
fantasy at the moment, Kyrie Irving. It's likely because Doncic has been out, but he's shooting well. He's getting defensive stats. He's scoring well. Like He's doing so many different things. So it's about watching him and how the role changes, if at all, when Doncic is there. In terms of streams, I do like Larry Nance there over for the Pelicans, while Derek Jones... Most likely for the Mavericks, that would be reduced a little bit if Exum plays, and of course if Doncic plays, but otherwise, he's the guy that I prefer over like a, a Josh Green if you were deciding between those two. Detroit and Washington, the two teams that just traded with each other. I'm going to watch Jaden Ivey for the Pearsons. I could not believe that Monty Williams... I can't believe that Monty Williams does these things. I can't believe that he thinks these things. And then I also can't believe that he thinks it's a good idea to say them out loud. And sometimes, sometimes, right, when you hear people talk, the, the fact It's not the fact that you thought that or that you didn't think that regarding Jaden Ivey about not using him as a lead ball handler. It's the fact that you have a lack of awareness to actually say it out loud. That's where I go, what is wrong with you? Are you that disconnected from what people think or the general consensus or what is a normal thing for a coach to do that you just say this and think people are going to go, ah, oh, that's fine. Why would you say that out loud? Like we had a big meeting and someone in the organization said to me, hey, Monty, you might want to run our second year top five pick point guard at point guard. And he went, oh man, that's it. How did I not think of that? He goes, oh, that's on me. I guess I should have done it. Like what's the man doing? You can be that stupid behind the scenes. You don't have to broadcast it to us. You don't have to tell us that. You can make up something. Coaches lie all the time. Why are you telling me this? Anyway, Jaden Ivey's who we're watching. I think he is worth grabbing. Jordan Poole in Washington, I, I refuse to get sucked back in here with uh, batty legend Jordan Poole. He was pretty good last game, but we all know he's probably going to have an 18 usage, 12-point game on 30% shooting in the next one. It's going to happen, and it's going to be annoying. For streams, Killian Hayes, um, starting point guard who might get eight assists and two steals. That's at least usable. Is he must roster? Nope but there's something there. And then Dolan Wright, if you're looking for assists and steals on the Wizards side, you could go with Bilal as well if you're looking for some block numbers. The next game is the Orlando Magic uh-huh, and the Knicks. Um, I want to watch Jalen Sargas. His last two have been really bad with an illness. I expect that to push back up and him to be strong again. There's no Wagner. There's no Harris here, of course. And we don't know about Wendell Carter. For the Knicks, uh, the Jedi Ejin Anobi, he's sort of just the same player. Like there's a little bit of a change from him in Toronto, but not really. His two-point percentage is sky high this season, but where are the steals? And they haven't really altered much in New York. So we're just watching, again, the fit-in role here for him. With the Knicks, his usage is actually a little bit down in that spot as well. In terms of stream, guys, I will look at Goga, and I will look at Mo Wagner, especially if Wendell Carter is out, whereas Josh Hart's always going to be the top stream for the Knicks if if Dante DiVincenzo has already been rostered. Now, if Jalen Brunson is out, Juice McBride jumps onto that list as well. All right, on to, on to the next one. It is the Spurs and the Hawks. Wembenyama will return in this game after sitting on the back-to-back. Trey Jones continues to be a must-roster player for as long as they keep him starting. At this point, I'm feeling like the way he won't start is if they trade for another point guard. They should probably trade for another point guard, but whether they do or not, Kelton Johnson for a point guard would be the move that I would make every day of the week. Who that point guard is, I'm not really sure. But Trey Jones continues to be the guy that we watch. Um, his shooting is also red hot at the moment. For the Hawks... Bogdan Bogdanovich, since the return of Jalen Johnson, and they do play different positions, but since they've returned, Bogdanovich's minutes have dropped. Instead of being a 33-minute guy, he's playing 27. His value has dropped a little bit as well. I still do think he's a hold, but honestly, this Hawks team, anything can happen. What an interesting report from John Hollinger today that said that the Hawks consider Kobe Bufkin untouchable. Hmm. Just remember, just remember we talked about that two weeks ago, saying just watch for Bufkin later on. Let's watch the trade deadline. Let's watch whether Bufkin can have a role on this team, even though he's barely played. Just watch Kobe Bufkin. Yeah. I will tell you that I do know, you know, you know that I've had some interesting stuff come from the Blazers before. I've got a few little things that cook from the Hawks as well. So just 
Just be aware of that. Um, streams, Jeremy Sohan. Just continues to be a good stream guy for the Spurs and for the Hawks, their streaming options. I don't know why they won't play Bufkin now. That part I don't know. But Trent Forrest is actually getting some minutes and I just you'd have to be unbelievably desperate to be using him. For the Warriors and the Grizzlies, pretty good game to get Draymond back in there considering the Grizzlies are banged up. I'd love to know about Jaron and Santi and Dez, but we don't. In terms of the Warriors, how it all fits. What the hell does Draymond do? How out of shape is he? Does he play 20 minutes? Does he play 25 minutes? Does he start and play 30? Who's out? Sharich, Kaminga, Wiggins? Wiggins? Jackson Davis? Looney? Pajemski? Oh, I don't know. It's a million questions. We know Moses Moody won't play, but there's so many different things here we need to pay attention to. For the Grizzlies, I do want to watch the Duck Luke Canard, A, because he's on missed free throw watch. He's missed two in two seasons. He hasn't missed one this year. Will he miss one here? I don't know. But also, his ability to be like a, a point guardish sort of player who gets his shots up, hits his threes. With the absence of those players, he is probably a 12-team league guy, but there's a million guys we watch here. Tillman, Canard, uh, Vince Williams, GG Jackson. What the hell role is GG's in this game? If Jaron plays, does he play at all? If is he only a replacement if Bain is out? I We need to watch it. We need to watch it. In terms of streams, Darius Sharich is still projecting pretty well, but my confidence level in that is really low. Because I don't know. Well, he, he started the last couple of games, games and plays 26, 28 minutes. It's pretty good. But will he? I don't know. coming back puts a real sort of um, pause onto any value bump there from Dario Sharich. And then for the Grizzlies, as I said, a million guys. Vince Williams, Luke Kennard, Xavier Tillman. I think you add them all. Gilead in deeper leagues. GG in maybe 14-teamers. A little bit dependent on whether um, Jaron and Santi play. And then David Roddy also is a, somehow a, a stream option at this point. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is done. The playoffs have started. And that doesn't mean that it's over at FanDuel because there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets if you just place a $5 bet. Just a $5 bet. It doesn't have to be anything special. No money line. You don't even have to do FanDuel's favorite, a parlor. You don't have to. You just do a $5 bet. They give you 115 bonus bets. The app is easy to use. They've got their parlay hub where you can find parlays. They've got the explore tab where you can find parlays and other bet types. They've also got live same game parlays that you can check out over on FanDuel as well. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, after that Warriors-Grizzlies game, we're going to look at the Bulls and the Cavs. Zach Levine was relatively passive last game. I don't know that that's going to be something that happens regularly, but it has happened quite a few times since he's returned from that injury. Levine still obviously is a must-roster player, but that change in his role is obviously helping Kobe White. It helps that other players, even Desumu, was able to pop off last game. How is Levine going to fit in here? Is he going to get traded? I don't think so, but we'll find out. In terms of the Cavs, I want to see the Winter Soldier, Max Struz. A, does he play? But B, is he good? Because I don't actually know at this point. He still continued to do little bits and pieces with rebounds and defensive stats, but the shooting has been bad for big chunks of the season. The usage is down. He's sort of hovering around that 100, 120 zone, which is fine, but it's not blowing us away like it was early in the season. For the Cavs, or sorry, for the stream side, Caruso's the guy on the bull side. And I think Sam Merrill's someone we look at with Garland out. You could go to Okoro. It's pretty boring. Craig Porter's not really playing. Um, Merrill's the interesting one there who's available widely. And if you're looking for five threes, he's got that upside to be able to do it. He's not going to do it necessarily, but he's got the upside to do it. The Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets, this is a back-to-back -back for Miami. I want to see Cam Johnson because it's been a really rough go of things for Johnson. I do believe that in category leagues, you want to hold on to Johnson. In points leagues, I'm not so certain. 
I'm not sure that he is a must roster player in points. In categories, I am holding, but it has been very, very rough for him this season. In terms of streaming, Caleb Martin is probably the Miami one, but honestly, they could chuck seven new blokes on the injury report tomorrow, and I wouldn't know where to go with it. Dennis Smith is the Brooklyn guy. He continues to play more than Spencer Didwee. Now, Didwee was sick for that game in Paris, so that accounts for some of the 15 minutes that he played, but Smith also outplayed him the game before, and this has been brewing for a little bit of time here. I don't know that Smith's a must-roster 12, but he's definitely a 14-team league ad that we look at, and if he starts over Dinwiddie, again, something I don't think will happen, although it probably should, but I'm not going to rule it out. There's a little bit of something there in Smith, so we can stream him in and then see which direction that ends up heading. Boston, Toronto. Derek White has been in a mega slump ever since I said, yeah, I think he probably is on the all-star team. He just, he struggled. He's, the shot's not going in. Everything is down. And I reckon if I did my all-star team again today, which I am going to do again before the teams are selected, oh, he won't be in it if I did it right now because there's been a significant drop-off in his production. But I want to see, can he get that back? He was running at top 20 in fantasy for weeks and weeks, and I just was never fully bought into that. Now we are, I think he's probably a 50 guy, 40 guy. I don't know, but let's see if he turns it around. Same with Scott Barnes, who's also slumping at the moment. Usage is a little bit spotty. The efficiency is a bit down. The rebounds are completely gone, it appears, with the change in the uh, rotation in the scheme. So let's see how Barnes reacts to that here. In terms of stream, Slam and Sammy Hauser for Boston, although... Um, if Al Horford's there, we grab him and then value will spike for him if Jalen's out and then Peyton Pritchard will be the other guy we take a look at. For Toronto, I am hesitantly putting Thad Young there as a stream option, although I tend to like Jonte Porter more, but Thad, I expect, will start. And last game, he did get like five fouls in 12 minutes and that enabled us to see more of Jonte. Indiana and Utah, this is a back-to-back for the Pacers. On the Jazz side, it is Walker Kessler. I know Walker Kessler managers are pissed at Will Hardy. They're so disappointed at everything this team is doing, even though they are cooking blokes. And to be honest, Kessler has not been as good this season as last season. There are quite a few limitations in what he does in terms of ball movement and passing. Um, He obviously can't shoot. Not that Collins is a good um, passer at all, but Olenek is. And Collins can shoot a little bit. He's shooting actually pretty well this season from three. And Kessler's just somewhat limited. So Hardy is just doing and made, honestly, one of the best adjustments ever to run that lineup of Dunn, Sexton, Fontecchio, Collins, and Markkanen. It's been one of the best coaching moves we've seen this season, and they're cooking. So it's very hard. I can fault... Things like Monty Williams playing, or taking Asar out and playing him eight minutes a night for a team that loses 30 in a row because you're not doing anything good and you're, you know, it's what's the point? But when a team is cooking and they've got a record better than the Lakers, about equal to the Suns, better than the Warriors with a roster like that, it's very hard to criticize what Will Hardy's doing. I think part of that was the, there's always a, this is a very common thing, and I, you know, I probably fell victim to it too, is that when we did a, when people did a redraft last season of the 2022 draft, there were a lot of people who put Walker Kessler at two or three. Well, he was run up in rookie of the year, so he should be number two in the redraft. That's just usually not how that stuff works because there are some limitations in what his game is. I think he can be better than what he is now, but there've been some declines in his performance. Let's just keep watching what his role is. I think we are, I almost put him on the droppable points league list for the um, waiver wire show today. So just be aware of that. In categories, I'm still holding, obviously. Streams, Andrew Nempard for the paces there. And then Alinek just continues to always be a stream guy, but yeah, you never know what you're going to get out of him, do you? The Thunder and the Lakers is the next game we take a look at. With the potential absence of Shea, I want to see if that means that they actually chuck more into Josh Giddy, or do they just want to always keep Giddy as a 26-minute-a-night player? That's something to monitor. For the Lakers, last game without LeBron, D'Angelo Russell went crazy. Big scoring, big minutes, huge performance. D'Lo said something post-game where he just... I will maintain that I believe he's one of the 
most likely players to get traded. There are quite a few, but I think he's gone, right? And basically, every pro- he's either not doing press conferences at all, refusing to talk to the media, and now when he talks to the media, there's a shot at Darvin Ham in every one of them. And he did it again yesterday. He was like, you know, when me and Austin play together, um, even though it's been such a small sample of us playing together, we actually it, we, we play well and it works. And then I tweeted out, yeah, you're minus 4.6 points per 100 possessions in those combinations. And yes, there are other players who play on the court. But the yes, he had a big game yesterday. They lost. They played 24 minutes together, Russell and Reeves, and they were minus 36 per 100 possessions. Like, it doesn't work. They, don't, they can't play together really, and that's why he got benched. And I don't know. He's also just one of those guys that can put up numbers. He's streaky with his shooting, but is he actually a winning player that teams will want to trade for to use in a big role? I am not sure, but let's see how he gets used after that big game if LeBron actually plays. In terms of streams, Dort and Prince are the guys that I am looking at there. And that is the 11 games for Martin Luther King Day. What about a chunk? Monday through Friday. We've got Monday with 11 games, not a real stream day. Wednesday with 10, borderline, but not really. So we're looking at Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Which teams stand out? And it's not awesome. There's no Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back. We know this. The Pacers have a, an interesting run, five games in eight starting on Sunday. We've got Jalen Smith, Andrew Nempard, and Isaiah Jackson. But after Monday, they play Monday with 11 games on. But their next two quality games come Thursday, Friday. So is that worth holding? Missing out on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday? And that would depend. I think someone like Nembhard probably is. Jackson and Smith, I don't think so. Whereas the Kings and the Thunder have the better schedule. They played Tuesday, Thursday. So Lou Dort, yes, it is a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back for the Thunder, but Lou Dort, giddy if he's available. Maybe it is Case and Wallace. The Tuesday-Thursday combo is great. The Kings only play two games. Who cares? Good schedule. They play Tuesday-Thursday. So Fanta Pants is back. Kevin Herter, as much as I don't love him, he's way better than Chris Duarte, and getting those two games in is useful. The other one, there is Eric Gordon and the Suns. He's not awesome, obviously. But he plays on Tuesday. They play on Friday. That's not as good as the Tuesday, Thursday Suns, uh, sorry, no, Kings uh, Thunder combo, but it's there. Let's look at who plays five games in eight nights starting Monday. There are six teams that do it. Hawks, Celtics, Magic, Sixers, Spurs, Raptors. Watch Wemby. Watch Embiid. Watch the injuries in Orlando. Watch the Celtics with another heavy load run as well as to whether there's going to be declines in performances or more important random fake injuries and rests. Let's look at some 10-team stream options for Martin Luther King Day, if you do have the ability to stream someone in. We are starting with Timothy John McConnell, very obviously. Trey Jones, Caruso, Jaden Ivey, and Jalen Suggs, and Dante DiVincenzo. You'll notice a ton of guards who are available in over 35% of leagues that you can add and probably should be rostering irrespective of your league there. In terms of 12s, I'm going to go with Luke Kennard, Xavier Tillman. That will be impacted somewhat by the presence of or absence of Bain, Jackson, and Aldama. You've got Dario Saric, although I don't really know. Vince Williams, Killian Hayes, and Andrew Nempard as options there. For deeper leagues, we are going to go... You can throw GG Jackson onto this list as well, especially if Jaron Jackson is out. Um, for deeper leagues, I'm going to go with uh, Gilead, Dennis Smith, Larry Nance, Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson, and Bubbles. Julian Champagny. For your points leagues, Tillman... Is at the top of this list here. We've got Sohan, Hayes, Sharich, and Kaminga. Don't feel confident about those guys. And the Duck, Luke Kennard, who would definitely be here if we do know that Desmond Bain is ruled out. And that will bring me to the end of a Martin Luther King Day stream, waiver wire, fantasy basketball. Look ahead, guys. If you are here, go ahead and hit subscribe. Go ahead and hit thumbs up. Go ahead and ring the notification bell, especially for the trade deadline show coming Thursday, February the 8th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be a double banger. Listen on audio and watch on video as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.